This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Good morning, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Hour number two inside the locker room here. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Craig Wolfley rocking and rolling on a victory Monday, having some fun as we always do when we have a little lockover, 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 <laughs> locker room. Just tried to combine all that into one word. Locker room and blitz crossover. There we go. That's a locker roomism. Yeah. Lockover. That's a locker room. You can blitz in the locker room. There, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we roll. Oh. Isn't, that how, isn't that how you young people say it? That's how we roll. Well, that's I, how we I, roll. I, I'm washed. I'm old. Oh, you? You know, I'm yeah, 30 plus with kids. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. I'm a father. Well, I'm a father now, now too. I don't think I'm allowed. I'm on the other side. I've crossed just, just over. Ask Jacob. Jacob's like in the cool that's young true. crowd. Jacob's still that's young. true. He's still young. He He's got his backwards hat on in there. Yeah, man. He looks cool. Looking tan after his trip to Florida. I mean, man, that's, how the, that's how the ninjas roll. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the phone lines, fellas. Plenty of reaction to get to here. Uh, Big John in Texas, correct? Wolf, up next. Big John, I always want to say, I should want to say uh, brisket, John, because whenever oh, we talk yeah. to this dude, this dude knows mm. brisket. So, so. brisket okay, okay, tacos okay. for breakfast. What's up, Big John? Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? Steelers victory. Victory. Uh, yeah. Get excited. Yeah, Come we're ahead. We're doing, we're doing good today. Hey, remember Wolf? I guess uh, Starks' dog was a was an indication of a squeaker. That's a squeaker. Yeah. <laughs> for for those who have not heard what was going on, when Max was zooming from his office, his dog got hold of a squeaker, and you could hear this in the background wow. as we're doing the oh, show. No. And Max Max is trying to catch the dog while he's, while he's talking. He's got yeah. the headset on. It was hilarious. That's it was funny. one of those comical moments that if you could see, it would be just even funnier. That's funny. Let's get it. Go ahead. What do you got, Big John? No, game ball goes uh, to, well, like I said, I'm going to go with the game ball to uh, LeGluc. Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? You know, more offensive line, basically. But I'm like, who's this guy that he's on the practice squad? Why was he still on the practice squad? <laughs> the way they were moving the ball and Najee started moving the ball. Then Snell got a hit of good run then Deontay Johnson well he made up for that missed touchdown at the beginning of the you know first half but I'm doing great I'm still loyal to the black and gold and <laughs> and oh, I think we'll this will build off this we've got a short week and uh let's beat the Vikings on Thursday sounds good well brother. said big John let's well go said. let's go yeah we got that quick turnaround today fellas but yeah you know we we haven't I mean we've mentioned LaGlue a few times but that is, I just don't think you can say enough about a guy who comes from the practice squad. It's it's not like he's his first year out of college. He's I think I was trying to look this up earlier. I think he's about 25 years old. But that's his first live NFL action. Um, to go from practice squad and bouncing around to all of a sudden, hey, here, come play 57 snaps for us against our biggest rival in a game that everyone's watching and then in a game that we really kind of need to win to keep this season going. I, I just can't say enough about that performance. He, he certainly wasn't perfect, but he was a lot better, I think, than any of us expected. No doubt about it. I was I was really thrilled for him to be able to be such a contributor. I think you talk about that front end of those mm -hmm. guys, Arthur. Those guys are – I mean, Calais Campbell's brutal. I mean, that's six foot eight, 300 pounds of cool. football knowledge and a guy that – one of the things that amazed mm -hmm. me, I watched him on a play. He got knocked down. He tripped, fell. 
He bounced up and got onto his feet. This guy's what, 12, 14 year veteran? Yes, yeah, he's 14. 14, yeah, okay. He's up there. All right. Yeah. He bounces up, but I couldn't believe You want to talk about effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the reason this guy's a 14 year veteran. Yes. Uh, that effort and ability to overcome. Man, oh, man, I, I was. He, he, he is something. He's well, something. I mean, he's one of those guys when you say 6'8, 330, he sounds a lot. I mean, he's bigger than what that even sounds like, which is crazy. You see him in person, you're like, yo. Where do they make you at? Like, that's not normal. <laughs> exactly. Anything else, Big John? The briskets will taste better this week. Definitely. Hey, now brisket talking. Monday. Talk about it. Talk about yeah. it. Enjoy it, Big John. Thanks for calling, partner. Have a, you have a good one, fellas. You Take too. Care. That's great. Who we got uh, up next, Wolfman? That would be uh, Cuban Dan. Oh, Cuban from Dan. What's Cuban up, cousin? El Cubano. What's up, fellas, man? Good to hear your voices again. You as well, too. What's going on, buddy? How we feeling? Man, I got to say that <laughs> when I have a lack of faith in the boys coming <laughs> into the weekend, man, I feel great on Monday morning after a win like that, but I feel terrible for having lack of faith. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't feel terrible, man. They needed your motivation. That's right. Okay? They, they wouldn't well, have been yeah. motivated the same if you didn't have a slither of doubt in your system, Okay. <laughs> Man, that, that, you know what? Thanks for giving me that comfort. I appreciate it. <laughs> we don't seek um, comfort around here, baby. Let me uh, tell you. I glued my uh, eyelids uh, back on. Okay? <laughs> I was blinking. <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of other callers, man, but I just want to shout out and give a few game balls. And then I do want to make one one quick question sure. for most of you, you guys. Um, game ball goes to TJ Watt and then also to Lamar Jackson and Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> both, both those guys go Man, I I love watching Harbaugh lose and Lamar. Man, I'm just waiting for the day where that guy gets injured and does an RG three, where it's just he's no longer a factor. Because, man, to contain him is just such a challenge. Uh, I was gonna say you got to recognize just how great a player he is, and I I don't want him to be RG three. You know, I I want I want to be able to defensively do the job because the guy's a magnificent. Uh, performer, and I don't want anything like that to, to it's hamper. It's for the NFL brand, too. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Just as long as you can stuff them every time we play them. <laughs> Dude, yeah, excel yeah. against everybody else except us. There, yeah, there, there you go. go. I got. I was so excited in the moment uh, when they when they missed the pass on that two point conversion at the end. Um, was it? And I haven't had a chance to go and come back and and look at it. Did that? Did that ball get thrown? Off target because Watt was in the way. Is that? I think, that was, a, I think that was a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. that played a part of it definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And you all know right. what, too, deal, if man. you if you go back and watch it too, Dan, I think that was really smart of TJ because if you watch the play, it's almost like as he starts to approach Lamar, he slows down a little bit and makes himself bigger. Right where I think it would have been very easy for TJ just to right breakneck speed try and get after Lamar. But he realizes the moment that the Ravens only need two yards to win the game. And I think if you go back and watch, it really looks like he almost slows down just a, a step, a half step, right as Lamar gets ready to, to throw and, like, makes himself bigger. It looks like Sully from Monsters, Inc. doing the raw. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, and, and Lamar Jackson, that just causes him to have to move just enough, just out of the reach of Mark Andrews. I, I think it was really smart by T.J. Watt because he could have just, mm. you know, bat out of hell, gone after Lamar. But he slowed down just enough, got just big enough to to, to alter that throw. 
That actually makes a lot of sense because I noticed it a few times during the game with a few different players where they weren't rushing after him. They were almost planted maybe five, ten yards right. off of him to see what he was doing. So that to to hear that, it makes a lot of sense because as I was watching it, as I was watching the game and watching them not really rush him like you would uh, a less elusive quarterback, mm-hmm. I, I kind of gathered that maybe that was the game plan. Well, you want to squeeze, yeah. I would think, mm-hmm. right, right, Arthur? Yeah. I mean, you've got to be in there and you got to squeeze as a uniform group of guys. Yeah, if you rush it, just run at Lamar. He's going to make you miss nine yeah. times out of ten. you got to yeah. understand like, how to come at him with control, but also mirroring his throwing arm. That was the thing that uh, what you were talking about with TJ. That's mm-hmm. what he was doing, mirroring mm-hmm. his throwing arm because that's going to ultimately – That's an important point. Yeah, you mirror the throwing arm, but you keep running because – if he pump fakes, you're still going to get a QB hit. If you just come up there going out of control, he can sidestep you easily, side you, yeah. and now you're going to be lost, and now he's going to have ultimately that two-way go in terms of the run or pass option on the perimeter, which is what they try to get on these two-yard, short-yard style plays where the field is more condensed. you got to work laterally and things like that. But, man, it was it was a great job by TJ, man. And I think as a whole, that has been the message in terms of when you watch the Steelers play Lamar, every time they played him, it looks like that. They yeah. turn. They cause him to turn the ball over, and they get hits on they him a do, lot. Man. That's just their style of play in terms of their approach versus him. You know the subtlety of Mirren, Mirren throwing arm. Let me just say this real quick because it's something I, I, I thought I saw. I thought Lamar pulled it down and threw sidearm, mm-hmm. which would then change the angle mm-hmm. out into the flat. If yep. you're able to go mm-hmm. over the top, you're going to drop it right into Andrews. Yep. But if you are because he is mirroring your hand mm-hmm. and you drop it down to sidearm, now you change the trajectory. It, yeah. it changed the release point, it which did. ultimately changes the angle of the pass and makes it a difficult pass for the receiver as well because vision-wise – you're not seeing it coming from top down. You're seeing it coming from bottom up. I would have figured that out right? if I hadn't flunked geometry. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, all of that does play into it. But that is one of the reasons why you mirror the throwing hand versus when you see some of these guys just going crazy at times running after the quarterback or jumping all over the place. You're like, you, you know what? We watch Saturday football. Any college game, nine times out of ten, you'll see the opposite of what we're talking about yeah, here. But yeah. With T.J. Watt, a, a high-level defender, I mean, one of the best, if not the best defender in the game in today's NFL, I mean, he understands those type of intricacies of the position. Yeah, no, I get that. And it also seems like like Lamar, Lamar commonly has breakout games against so many other teams, but it also seems that whenever they play the Steelers, mm-hmm. boy, they, they do a good job of containing them. I mean, he, he doesn't have those 100-plus yards rushing. He doesn't. He he doesn't uh, elude the pocket and gain another 15, 20 yards as as often and as common as he does against other teams. So maybe maybe they just might have the right formula for him. Uh, I think that's well said, Cuban Data, and that gets back to what Moats is saying too, right? We we do we love to crush all the coaches when we think it's it's not the right formula. Um, but clearly, whatever they've been doing uh, to Lamar, not just this year and his entire tenure in Baltimore, yeah, um, has yeah. worked out worked out a lot better than it has uh, ver- Lamar versus the rest of the league. Dan, great stuff. Right on. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you, you know, cousin. One of, one of the things that's interesting, you, you talked earlier too about retracing and how they kept at it in the in the rush. You think about that one with Trey Norwood when he came off the slot and he had Lamar dead to rights and he missed him. If you remember that one, mm-hmm. but you know what the guys kept full speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guys kept coming, boom, boom. They're going, and they finally got them. And that was, you know, that 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 just it, it speaks to their ability to reach deep and keep going because a lot of those guys were exhausted. I mean, just listening to TJ 
on some yeah. of the clips, yeah. you know, or the the, the uh, highlights of that. He talked about his exhaustion. You know, I mean, at the end of the game. So he was trying to run sprints in his backyard. All Can you imagine? Hey, yeah, you're one of TJ's neighbors. <laughs> you know, you see him out there running suicides <laughs> in the backyard. Okay, uh, hey, excuse get me. Hand on the line, TJ. Uh, you know what? Is uh, where's your mask? You got COVID, young man. <laughs> with the, stay off my lawn. Stay off my lawn. <laughs> I don't care if this is 50 yards this way. You're gonna be running 20 yards for us today. Okay, stay over there. You keep your cleats on your lawn. <laughs> uh, real quick before we go to break, you know, you mentioned that the mirroring and the throw arm mm-hmm. right were you surprised and i know i know lamar's a righty and the way that they want to run that play and you talk about you get the mm-hmm. du- you get the two options right of lamar pulling it down or, or dumping it off to mark andrews but were you surprised that they ran that to tj's side of the field um not necessarily surprised by it um i think for them when you're running that style of play you're trying to see if tj is going to crash down right because you give right. him the run fake in right. front of him tj rushing the passer though which at that part was good and understand just the timing of it What's the likelihood of them not having that ball in Lamar's hand? Final play of the game, two-point conversion. So TJ was smart. And when you think about that, everything looked good for us defensively. But for Lamar in that style of play, TJ coming up was only going to make that play happen faster. Hmm. But they were going to get what they were trying to get by Mark Andrews. You're trying to rush them. Right. They just want Mark on the left side. And if they got man-to-man, if it's Minka on them, then he's going to get caught in the traffic going to the other side of the field. If they're in zone... Okay, well, it's going to be a defender out there to the flat, but that's where you get the two-way go with Lamar being able to have that option to run it or throw it. So you're going to either have you're going to be able to play that game with the flat defender. So I don't think they cared either way which side it was going to be on. I think once they looked at the field and said, "Okay, we want to run it to the right mm-hmm. side," maybe Lamar feels more comfortable throwing it that way. I think that was more so the reasoning behind it because as we looked at the design and the end result, Andrews is open. The play, I mean, the design is there. there. It's, it's there for what they yeah. want. It Steelers was just, just broke it up. Yeah, TJ yep. forced him to do it a little bit faster and yep. just enough to make him miss change that throw a little angle, bit. Change the angle, change the speed just a little bit. And, yep. and we see it's a game of inches. Because even with that being said, as bad of the situation for them off, it still hits his hands. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Remind you to finish in that Big 12 championship game Absolutely, on Saturday. Absolutely, man. Game seriously, of inches. Man. We saw that all weekend. <laughs> think about it, man. I mean, yeah. seriously, one of, the, one of the things you talk about is, you know, with Lamar, it's about forcing him mm-hmm. to make a decision quickly. Yeah, just you know? speed him Absolutely. up, man. You know, and the thing is, when he's doing those read options, the best time to attack him is when he's standing still. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can gain ground on him. That uh, was it. Was great stuff from the defense. Great stuff from TJ all 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 night. But particularly, uh, I think in on, in that exact situation, for sure. Got to take a break here. When we get back, more phone calls, more game balls, more conversation. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in the locker room. Steelers Blitz crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Little SNR crossover today. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in with Craig Wolfley in the locker room. We will be leading up until the Mike Tomlin press conference shortly afternoon because a reminder, it is a weird week. It is a short week for your Pittsburgh Steelers hitting the road Wednesday to travel uh, to play the Minnesota Vikings up in Minnesota. The who? Sorry. Minnesota Vikings. Okay. And Wolf just looked at us like, what is the matter with you two? You guys got your own special little hey. game going on here, man. I'm just I'm just along for the ride. There's a famous pop song, Wolf, um, by a uh, singer. Her name is Lizzo, and she has a line in the show where she talks about how her new boyfriend is on the Minnesota Vikings. And she says, 
new man on the Minnesota Vikings. But it was a like really, really popular so, song the past like two summers, yeah. things like that. So, so yeah. anytime I say Minnesota Vikings, Moats always goes, who? And I got to say, Minnesota Vikings. Okay. I like his Lizzo voice. <laughs> so we will have the Mike Tomlin press. That's a great, my man, like uh, that. I like his Lizzo voice. <laughs> we will have the Mike Tomlin press conference on a Monday today, just a little over a half an hour from now right here. Uh, on ESPN Pittsburgh and on SNR. One of the things that Mike Tomlin spent a lot of time, would have been last Tuesday, his press conference uh, this past week, you heard him talking about changes. He, he he said that they wouldn't be dramatic, but that they would be noticeable. I think they would be substantial, I think was the, was the word that Mike Tomlin used. And we were in break mode, so you were pointing out a pretty specific change that you noticed and that you thought worked out really well for the Steelers. Yeah, um, the biggest change was James Pierre being pulled out of the starting lineup for Akello Weatherspoon. Um, that was something that we hadn't seen all season. We had only seen, I think, maybe one game in sparse play from Witherspoon this season. He really wasn't utilized a lot since trading for him earlier in the season. But on the hills of Pierre having a rough game against the Bengals, yeah, they made that move, and I thought it paid dividends. I thought that uh, Akello, man, with his size, I thought his physicality was really on display. You watch some of his tackling and just his overall desire to put his face in the fan. Not saying that Pierre lacked that ability, but that was something with Witherspoon that we just didn't know if that was in his makeup, in his repertoire, because we didn't see him in training camp and in the preseason. But I thought as a whole, his play was really good, and another guy in terms of you talk about those changes, not just Witherspoon jumping over James Pierre for playing time, but Justin Lane also. Mm. Both of those guys, in terms of Keller Witherspoon and Justin Lane, played significant snaps and were key contributors to the defense, not just in coverage, but in run support. And to me, it was really impressive because when you talk about Justin Lane, I mean, we could say some of the things in terms of how we've talked about Devin Bush's and in, in the criticism with him of expectations versus not living up to it in the productivity. Well, Justin Lane, based on where he was drafted at, we had higher expectations for him and his development to this stage of his career. And at times, you know, some people have turned the page on him and said, you know, it is over. It's, it's a done deal. But to see, you know, them be able to call him and say, hey, we need you. This is a game where you're going to need to play. You're going to need to be physical. You're going to need to cover. And we got to have it. And to see him come out there and play the way that he did also, I thought that both of those guys played significant roles in this defense. And that just goes to what Coach Tom was alluding to on, I think it was Tuesday's press conference, where he said that changes could be happening. No doubt in, no doubt in my mind that's true. I mean, think about it. I think the last significant snap we saw from Mikella Willerspoon was when he was trying to run with Chargers. Henry Ruggs. Uh, uh, no, um, but I mean, remember that's the yeah, big play that, that, that got him big, in trouble. Play, yeah. yeah, Henry Ruggs, Minka didn't get over the top. He mm -hmm. dropped down to cover Fuller down uh, across Waller, the yeah, middle. I remember that. Yeah. Remember Waller. Why do mm -hmm. we keep calling him Fuller? Oh, no. Fuller Waller. Well, there is Will Fuller. That, well, you know that, that's a, that's I a, get them all. But that, that's a Westism. That that's is not, a Westism. West, West, West will butcher. Oh. West will, oh. It'll be Marcus Peters, Jason Peters. It's Craig Moats. Yeah. It's uh. Wes Wolfley, like yeah. that's how he does it. He's he gonna miss and match everybody. That's okay, just, that's what I, I do. I mess up first names a lot. Beautiful. Yeah. You, you know, know, Marcus Peters is Jason Peters, yeah, things man. like that. That works. Jason so, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Jason uh, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Like, man, yeah, exactly. Jason well, Kelsey, tight end. What? Oh, I'm confused. <laughs> now, you, you think about that. Now, and for Akella Willerspoon, what a great opportunity to come back and contribute after 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, being, you know, a guy that uh, gets uh, lit up a little bit in a couple of games there we're talking about. And I, I love to see that, you know, the opportunity for redemption. Yeah. Being able to come out and do something. You know, it, it's one thing, you know, to have a, a couple of bad plays and stuff like that, bad games. Um, it's in not being able to come back and, and kind of redeem yourself. That's what really gets me. Absolutely. You know what man. I mean? I remember Tunch saying his – Three sack game against Lyle Elzado in the playoffs. It was terrible. He said, because you had the whole offseason, all you could do was think about the fact Lyle Elzado beat him for three sacks. Oh, man. You know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. He said the whole offseason. You, you need that redemption every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You need to get another opportunity. And the thing is, you never know when it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. You talk about Justin Lee, you talk about Akella Weatherspoon. And how both of those guys' opportunities have come in very different styles, oh, right? Yeah. Both of these guys have seen games where they're healthy, inactive scratches. I mean, Wolf, you know, as an NFL player, that's, I mean, at times embarrassing. It's like, man, you don't think I'm good enough to help you on game day? Like, man, you know what you're saying about me in relation to this team right now? Or you get the guys who you do get a helmet, but we're seeing you get beat. So now we're pulling you off the field again. Like, you just never know mentally how guys are going to respond to that. And a lot of guys do go into the tank. I mean, just think. If we take the the football element away and we just talk about just the human element of it, when you go to your day-to-day job, your 9-to-5, if you're not performing at a high level, if you're struggling at work, man, it's easy to get down in the dumps. It's easy to get down on yourself, right? And then you throw in the social media criticism. You throw in the media talking about a guy. It's easy to see how these players, younger players who haven't really had a lot of success at this level could fall into that trap. You know, and, and be in the dumps and, and not produce. But both of those guys, Akella Weatherspoon and Justin Lane, when the opportunity came back around, they rose up. Man. They rose up, man. And they played an extremely high level, man. And like I said, it was just across the board beautiful to see these different players at different stages in their careers having these type of moments against a division rival. I mean, this is why that Ravens rivalry is so good and why it's so heated, but why we all love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just beautiful, mm-hmm. man. Last or Yesterday was a return to the two trains, one track. Yes. That was yes. just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Old school Absolutely type of game was. right there, man. Well, if you want to go back to the phone lines for some yeah, reaction, Yeah, let's we got? see. We got Rick from Dayton. What's Rick. up, Rick? Hello, Rick. Thanks for all you do. Uh, great win last night, and, and I thought that there were so many names that came up making great plays during the game. Uh, it was fantastic team victory. Um, I, I haven't been on for the whole call or for the whole show today, but I, I do want you, you guys are talking about the last play of the game. And I will tell you that after the game, Jackson said that he said, quote, TJ Watts got range. He's a long guy. I had to throw around him to try to make something happen. Mm, yep. So definitely, you know, TJ got in the way there and that's, that's great. So, it wasn't just luck that we won the game. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. But I, but I had one other question. I, I'm in addition to being a huge Steelers fan, I'm a huge University of Dayton basketball fan. I watch a lot of college basketball, and I've noticed in the last few years that a lot of times when guys are going into the to hoop and and you know they they have a shot in close and they clearly get fouled, it seems like the referees don't call the foul until they determine whether or not the ball's going in the going in the basket, <laughs> and then you get these late calls, um, you know, on fouls when the ball doesn't go in. I kind of felt the same way about the Ray Ray McLeod catch last night. Um, you know, they showed it about four different times on the, the broadcast. It sure seemed to me that there was some 
serious pass interference on that call, and it almost made me wonder whether or not the ref who was who didn't throw the flag was thought he caught it, and so therefore didn't pull the flag and throw it. And hmm. curious what you guys thought. That's an interesting observation. Yeah. I man, I'd have to go back and look at that because I'm I was so focused on the ball, you know, his hands and the ball every single time watching yeah. the replays. Um, but that that certainly could have been a possibility. I, I I'll have to double check that though. I you know I don't have an opinion on other than the fact that I thought he caught the ball. That he caught the ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But I I do think you're right in the sense that I think a lot of times you do just kind of see that I don't know if confirmation bias is the is the uh, is the right term. But look, to be fair, nobody likes to hear this, but it is hard to be an, an official. Um, no, it's not. Athletes, athletes, <laughs> athletes have gotten. No, no, it's not. Athletes have gotten nope. bigger, nope. faster, stronger. Mm-mm. The sport has gotten bigger, faster, stronger. Don't you do that, Wes? Don't you do that? But I also don't think mm. that that's an excuse to. I mean, listen, it's it's not a Steelers thing. It's not just you can go to college basketball, you can go to the NHL, you watch Penguins games, whatever. Officiating across the board in sports right now, I don't think has caught up with how far the games have grown in leaps and bounds in terms of the speed and the athleticism. And again, these are billion-dollar entertainment businesses. I, I do think something does need to change in that regard. Very good. Very good. Well, listen, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate the call. One more Rick, before we Rick go to break. Rick sounds break so yeah. nice, too, man. Oh, I know. I want to say Rick just sounds so nice. I feel like I just talked to him. Yeah, I like it. You, you got <laughs> good, like, you get good like, like, morning time yeah, callers man. here. You know, just roll in. Nice tone in their voice. Like, geez, make a couple right. points. Let's try to go to uh, Tyler in Wisconsin, shall we? What's up, Tyler? What it is, boys? Uh, Steeler Nation 920 here. Uh, oh, 920. What's up, buddy? Off work today, my little girl partied a little too hard in the celebration last night. She has a bellyache today. So <laughs> oh, dear. We, we took a day of vacation. Um, I'd like to toss my game balls out. Gotta go to one with TJ. He was disrupting every play. If he wasn't in for the sack, he was chasing Lamar down. I mean, it's, that game went to happen without him last night. And then I'd like to take a step towards Deontay Johnson. I mean, the man got plowed over. He got a cheap shot, stood up, didn't say nothing, didn't act wrong. And he took action instead. I really appreciate the way he played hard last night. Absolutely. There's no question. Look, the amazing thing is that TJ, and this is, think about the special moments this cat has. I mean, the big moments. What was the overtime that he, you know, made the big play? Seattle. 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 Okay. Thank you. You know, I mean, those, those special moments where you expect your superstars to shine it seems almost unfailingly this guy <laughs> shines in those yeah. moments. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's earning that big contract, and you say he's earning the big contract as he's playing along. I mean, you look at it and go, wow, it really he, he really is that special. Yeah. Anybody yeah, else? Yeah, he absolutely is that special. Uh, well, you know, I'd like to point out he really is kind of starting to overshadow his older brother, J.J., and it's – it's nice to see, but at the same time, it's it's a slow flow for JJ. You're not hearing about him as much anymore. And you know, the interesting thing out. was when he came in after the draft, I got to interview him, uh, and and the, one of the first things he said was, "I'm here to make my own legacy." You know, mm-hmm. he was not, and he loves it and everything. No, he's got great love for his brother and great respect, and yeah. who couldn't have great respect and love for? A guy like JJ, who has done so much in the cities and community-wise, and on the field. Yeah. You know, I mean, he really 
done such a superlative job of being a superstar on and all off the, the field. All the famer in his own right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. What are you talking you about? Know? And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the famer to be. And, uh, you know, his, his younger brother is f- moving much in the same direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, I'll let you guys go. You guys have a great day, and I really appreciate listening to you every day. Keep going with the good work. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. No appreciate doubt, it no so doubt. much. Definitely appreciate you. We got time for another? Okay. Let's go to break. Yeah, we'll take our last break here, and we will hammer the phones when we get back on the other side. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in the locker room. Steelers Blitz crossover. And remember, stay with us uh, until or for the Mike Tomlin press conference shortly afternoon right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Final segment in the locker room here on a Victory Monday. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, a little SNR crossover here on a Monday morning on a short week. Because of that short week for your Steelers, we will have the Mike Tomlin press conference today, just shortly after noon. So you will have us uh, for a few bonus minutes today before we turn things over to Coach T. So don't you dare go anywhere before we get to the Mike Tomlin press conference and all the programming that comes with it. Let's go back to the phone lines, get some final reaction, some final game balls as we wrap up the show. Who's up next, Mr. Wolf? We got Tim from the city we're going to, Minneapolis. Oh, Tim in Minneapolis. What's up, Tim? Hey, guys, how's it going? Good to hear your voices this morning. Thank you. You as well. All right. Well, first, got to get my game balls in. Of course, uh, Ben on the offense and TJ on the defense, um, they're, they're game balls easily. I wanted to make a special uh, bonus game ball. Montrevious Adams came in in the middle of the week, joined the team, and played and played really well. So I think he deserved a little special call out there with the game ball. Yes. So, um, so yeah, uh, but you, Really excited about this victory. Um, it's been a while since I've been able to call, and uh, it's really good to, to finally get in. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I talked to you there, Wolf. Uh, Absolutely. Hope you're, hope you're doing well, my friend. What, what's the sandwich we were supposed to get? You're supposed to come up here and get a Juicy Lucy. Juicy Lucy. Juicy Lucy. Okay. Yes, I remember yeah, now. Wolf can explain it. It's a cheeseburger, but the cheese is inside of the, the burger. So oh. they heat it in there and they cook it in there. It's, it's quite delicious, and Minneapolis is famous for it. So well, hey, hey, hey. Sign me up. Town, come on out. <laughs> and I just want to make sure you guys are aware, we got a big tailgate going. With We're teaming up. Steelers fans of Minnesota is, is teaming up with the Yinzer Mob. We're going to have like 100 people, Lot 53. Any of your listeners coming out? Nice. Come out before the game. We're going to be tailgating. And then the night before, Patrick McGovern's Pub, which is the host of our, all of our activities, come on out. We're having a meet and greet for any fans that are coming in. So Beautiful. Let's go. Where's any Patrick's Pub? Coming? Where's that at? Patrick McGovern's is over. It's in St. Paul. It's right near the Excel Energy Center where the Wilds play. Uh, okay. So it's, it's right across the street. So come on out, anyone who's going to be in town. And then, obviously, game day. Uh, obviously, the Wolf, you'll be working, so I'm not sure you're going to be able to get out to that tailgate, but we'd love to have you guys come out. So. Well, thank you for the offer. Appreciate the invitation, and thank you for yeah. calling in, brother. Juicy Lucy. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Juicy Lucy. Juicy yeah. Lucy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> thank you, brother. All right. Bye. 
See you later. Oh my goodness. That's, I, I've seen those before, like the burgers where they like you know yeah. inject the cheese in the yeah. inside. Never had one though. I am curious. I can't believe I missed that when I was you know. I mean, I went to I played two years in Minnesota. You did. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. was a new. You know. Maybe it wasn't a thing Maybe back then. Thing. Yeah. You know that was a long time ago. Really a, long time ago. I mean, that was not like long, long. It were you born, was, Wesley? You were born when nineteen ninety and ninety one. Ninety one. I was born February of ninety one. So when early ninety one. My last year in Minnesota, you were born. That's old. That's really old. <laughs> hey, right. Moats isn't that much. He's not that much older than me. Don't let him seem like born. he. Okay, and you, he's, I an, was he's, here. he's an eighties baby. But I was just there, bar- just barely. <laughs> All right, I, I was I was alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God gave you the gift yes. of breathing, my, son. Put, put some respect on my breathing during that time frame. <laughs> my favorite, real quick, Motes. Have you ever heard the story of what Wolf had to do with a Sharpie and his cleats when he went to the Minnesota Vikings? No, I, oh. I, I want to wear this story. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I love this. I this, heard this, this in training way. camp a couple okay. years so ago. So just know, 10 years of Steelers trapping game, right? Uh-huh. Well, Minnesota was one of two teams in the NFL at that time. That was 30 teams because right, right. they had two. But one of two teams that instead of odd to the right, even to the left, they were even to the oh. right, odd to the left. Yeah. Yes, yes. So yes. there, I had to put, yes. I had to put E on my right shoe, and O on my left because when you get tired, no, you can't yeah. think. And you know, I was just so used to st- and that muscle <laughs> memory. You go back to like what you've known. At, why would they do that though? That's bad. I've never know. heard that that way either. It was awful. Yeah. All, all I can tell you is I had to keep. Translate. It's always it. even to the left, right, and odd to the to the right. It was no, 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 no it's always even right. See, you're screwing me up even now. Yeah, always even right, odd left, always. And then things like you know a read block, which was every team's got. It's a double team center guard became a cog in in Minnesota. Why? What's a cog? So, so now, question: When you because we differentiate a read or we call it combo versus a double right combo now it's a lot of different so, so when we say a combo block that's when you're going to have two old linemen but one of is right. looking to climb to like one of those backside secondary yes. defenders whereas the hard right. double he's not looking to climb is that how y'all re- refer to it when we you always, talk about your reads or do you we play always them all the had same? we always had the the knowledge that you would be picking up somebody okay. else quite possibly. Gotcha. But the one difference is we always made sure you get hip to hip, drive the guy off, put mm-hmm. him in the lap of the second level guy. Yeah. And then you can come off. Okay. Your job, don't leave, as Mike Webster always said, don't leave don't, your wingman. Don't, don't leave. And we'll be on defense like, he going to leave. He going to leave. He's going to leave. <laughs> he's leaving. He's going to leave. leave. <laughs> we say, fight this one right here because he's going to leave. leave. Just, just wait. Just wait. He's going to leave, though. <laughs> That is funny. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Don't leave him. Let's get a couple more phone calls in here while we can. Who's up oh, next? We got one more. We got Sierra and Juan. Oh, the two-man show. What's oh, up, here fellas? We go. Here we go. Hey, what's going on, guys? Sierra, good to listen. Chicago and Juan, the Carolina. What's up, boys? And this is the, and this is the Chicago-Carolina Connection, a Triple C production. Hey, guys. <laughs> a Triple C production. Hey, Let's go. You got that right. Hey, we got 18 calls last week, average 3.6 calls, uh, approximately 205 calls, and we're uh, updating that as we speak. Uh, hey, Taylor, and uh, uh, I need to find out if you can call back in and let us know what city and state you're in, as well as... Uh, Tyler. It was oh, Tyler from Wisconsin. Tyler's Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ty- okay, W-I. All right, good, good looking out, guys. W-I. <laughs> Then, CR's uh, got all the triple C productions. You might, you need to copyright that CR. Someone's gonna steal yeah. that. Serious, I like it though. Hey, 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 brother, I need, I need to get with you. Um, 
So I'm gonna give you my number. You can call. I'll put it on the air. I don't care. Eight four seven. Whoa, whoa, hold on. No, See, no, no, no. Don't, don't get do your that. number on the air. Don't okay. do that. All right. But here, hey, here's the thing. You got to call tomorrow because Max has a bone to pick with you because you were tweeting on him about how the Steelers were done Ooh. and you threw in the towel yesterday and he wants to have at it. Ooh. Yeah, I, left, I, left a note, I left a note saying that uh, I'm just going to wait and see. because I, I That's really not the way he I described it. it. <laughs> okay, well, hey, we, we get into that. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey Warren, you go ahead and get your stuff in, man. Okay, hey guys, how y'all guys doing this morning? What's up, good buddy? Hey, I like it. We got we got the old G and we got the young G's on the show. <laughs> loving, loving this, loving this. Hey, so um, first shout out, hey, hey West, my Alabama. So Najee, Najee Turner. One time, one. You would have been very happy. I might have made a couple shillings on your Crimson Tide Roll on Saturday. I'm just, you know, I might have, might have hit the hit the sports book apps and made a couple shillings on the Crimson Tide mm. boys. So mm. I was happy as well too. Yes, sir. Also, so let's go with the game. So with game balls, I'm gonna go with DJ because. When he dropped that touchdown, I was like, wow. It could have been 7-7 seven, seven at um, halftime. So he came back. He caught two touchdowns. And also, you got to give it to the offensive line because we were plugging in guys like this guy, LeGlue. Nobody knows <laughs> this guy was on the practice squad. And I was listening to the after show with Stan last night. His mom tweeted Stan and said, he he made her day because he he thought he wouldn't have played in the game. He played in the game and he beat the rap first, so that was the icing on the cake. She said, and also on defense, you know we got to give it to TJ and um, Romley Romley for two and a half against his former team, and also the defense in particular because seven sacks against Lamar that's the most ever in his career. No kidding, that's that's big news because mm-hmm. I I tell you what, how you can grab that guy. That guy's like trying to swat a butterfly, uh, you know, like well, uh, I don't know, with a with a pencil. You so, never hey, get one of them, man. man. I mean, trying to catch him. Shoosh. Okay, see y'all go And uh, okay, for game balls, I'm gonna go with Ben. Uh, he's the 38th fourth. That was his 38th fourth quarter comeback, third in NFL history. Uh, Peyton Manning is number two, uh, and Tom Brady is number one with 43. Uh, his 161 wins is the first and. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, quarterback history. I'm um, also going with DJ. Eight catches, 105 yards, mm-hmm. two TDs. Longest is 29. I'm going with the O-line, fourth quarter performance. On defense, I'm going with TJ, two and a half sacks. I'm going with Wormley, five tackles, 2.5 sacks. And I'm going with the D as a whole for six quarterback hits, six tackles for loss, one interception, and seven sacks total. In addition to all that, guys, our all-time head-to-head matchup among NFL coaches, 49 was George Hallis and Curly Lambeau. 39 is uh, Curly Lambeau and Steve Owens. And at 30th is John Harbaugh versus Mike Tomlin uh, with a 15-14 advantage to Mike. And the next time they meet we're on January 6th, they will be tied for second place. Comments? Ooh. Comments? We got less than a minute. <laughs> Doesn't matter. All I knew was Mike Tomlin was now 16-14 and 14 against John Harbaugh. Ooh, I like Tomlin's over Harbaugh's any day of the week. Yeah. So yeah. Arthur Mutz does not do khaki. Nope. <laughs> Air Force One's for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it, man. Talk to me. See y'all. Talk to me, baby. <laughs> Fellas, we got about thirty seconds here before we got to go to get to Mike Tomlin stuff. Okay. 
Okay, here we go. In the meantime, and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Who, who did is? See you guys. <laughs> Pleasure as always, fellas. Triple C Productions. I'm telling you, you better, right, call, you better trademark that before somebody steals it. All right, we got to get to break here. But reminder, don't go anywhere. We'll be back for a few minutes on the other side to, uh, to tee you up for the Mike Tomlin press conference. To- Coach Tomlin speaking today because of the short week. He'll recap yesterday. Look ahead to the Vikings. You won't want to miss it. We'll get to that when we return on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.